Today's reading is from the book of Genesis, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light, and God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, let there be done a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome that separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome, and it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And so it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seeds of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the, the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the, fathers bring, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth, across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves, of every kind, with which the waters swarm, and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the sea, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God, God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humankind in our own image, according to our likeness and let them have domination over the fish of the seas, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. Female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. 
God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made and he indeed it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O God, whose first creative words set universes into place, who stretched across the whirling void infinities of time and space, O speak to our chaotic day a word of ordered grace, we pray. Amen. So today we're beginning a short little sermon series, Back to Basics, on a few select texts from the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible. These scripture texts bring us back to basics because they not only take us back to some of the most fundamental biblical stories, they also take us to the root of some of Christianity's basic truths, some of its basic convictions. The first comes from today's scripture passage, Genesis chapter one, the first book, the first verse in, or the first book of the Bible. The creation of the universe, the creation of humanity. And the text I wanna focus on comes 26 verses in. Then God said, reads the verse, then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. Today's basic conviction when we're going back to basics is that human beings are made in the image and likeness of God. Made in the image and likeness of God. According to the Bible, we humans possess a characteristic not shared by the rest of the natural world. Now clearly it doesn't mean that we look like God. After all, God is spirit. God doesn't have a nose or knees or leaves or anything like that. But instead, it means that human beings have a uniqueness, a something else, a something more that reflects our creator. Some interpreters believe that this something more is referring to our role in and among the natural world. Ancient Near Eastern cultures understood kings as representatives of a particular god on earth. So to rule on, so this, the kings would rule on that god's behalf. This view is a 
about the role of humanity among creation were made of God to govern creation on God's behalf. And there are some sort of historical issues on about that that I'm not going to get into quite right here, maybe for another, uh, maybe for another sermon. Other interpreters, though, see the image of God as something more as referring to some capacity that we have that other creatures don't have. It could be the power to shape our environment. The great 5th century theologian St. Augustine thought the image of God referred to the human mind, uh, the threefold structure of memory, understanding, and will as evidence of the Holy Trinity. There's a little Trinity reference for you um, in case you're missing that. In any case, this view, in this view, the image of God means that there's something about human nature that reflects our divine source. We are like God in some way. The most important interpretation for us today, however, may be a third one. The third view is that the image of God in humanity has less to do with what we're supposed to do or what we are and it has more to do with our value as human beings, with our worth as children of a common creator. As I said earlier, the scripture passage reflects its Near East origins. Kings were believed to be the representatives of particular gods on earth and given the role to govern on behalf of that god and this passage reflects that view in some ways but if you notice if you pay attention to the details if you do a close reading of the text radical notion into human history because here it's not just the king it's not just a particular person, a particular group, a tribe or nation that's been chosen to represent the divine on earth. It's all of humanity. Humankind is made in God's image. Now, most cultures and societies have believed and continue to believe that the family we're born into, closer to, closer to the divine we are, the more worthy and worthwhile we are. But in the biblical view, coming in the first chapter, the image of the creator is not only to be found in the well-born, the royal, the wealthy, the powerful, or successful, but it's instead it's found in humanity as a whole. The great Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann puts it like this. There is one way God is imaged in the world, and only one, he says, in humanness. In humanness. All humanity bears the image and likeness of God, meaning that when we look into the face, of another person, we're not amino acids or a fellow mammal, although all of the above are true. Instead, or in it, looking into the face of our creator. Which also means that when we're good to another human being, another human being made in the image of God, we're not just hurting another creature. 
we're actually doing violence to God himself. We're desecrating God's very image. Now, considering the news lately, I think the implications for this basic truth of Christian faith are obvious. Christians aren't opposed to racism and for correcting systemic injustice just because we're hopping on the latest progressive cause or political bandwagon. It's because we believe that God is not only the creator of all, but God has created each and every human being in God's own image, God's own likeness, whether male or female, black, white, brown, Asian, indigenous, rich, poor, gay, straight, or every other category, every other letter in the ever-growing acronym. But it goes slightly beyond that even. And maybe this is the most stunning, infuriating part of being made in the image of God. It also goes beyond, far beyond this or that identity. Jesus says that God sends the rain on the just and the unjust alike. The image of God applies to each of us, regardless of our moral character, whether we do good or we do bad. Gorgeous celebrities and ugly-hearted gangsters respectable scholars and down and out junkies, selfish billionaires and self-sacrificing sweatshop workers, oppressed, oppressors, sinners, saints, every individual, every human being, you, me, even those for whom God's image is caked in the dirt of sin and almost impossible to see. meaning that each and every human being is made in the image of God. The image of God is something that cannot be taken from any human being. Every human being is infinitely precious, meaning that each person's worthy of the same dignity, respect, and opportunity, meaning that each person's worthy of the same love. We owe to God fine print every single one. Next, thinking about how, as the minister, to address the issues of race that have rapidly surfaced in the past few weeks at recent events and openly expressed your helplessness and I felt the same I fear coming out of a place of defensiveness I fear not doing justice to the depth of people one group political party or ideology that I favor just because I favor it Maybe most of all, I fear giving easy answers to extremely complex and difficult problems. So as a minister, as a pastor, as a spiritual leader, what can I say that hasn't already been said? And in fact, likely said better. All I can do, really, is bring us all back to basics the basics found in the depth 
of our tradition and in the word of God. Basic truths like the one in today's scripture, that each human being, regardless of race, regardless of tribe, regardless of status, identity, or moral character, is made in the image and likeness of God. Because what we need as individuals as societies as a world is more than just a few chain policy. What we need is conversion. We need a fundamental transformation of our consciousness from the ground up. We need to have how we see ourselves and we see others completely refocused to see the image and likeness of God, not, not only in those who we love God, we meet in Jesus Christ staring right back at us. This isn't the end of things, of course, but for us, this is where true change always begins. It begins here in Genesis at the beginning of all things. It begins with what we were made, who we were created to be and who we're loved by. It begins with the image and likeness of God. So may each of us not be conformed to this world and its ways of division, prejudice and hatred, but instead by God's grace, may each of us be transformed by the renewing of our minds to see the image of God in each person and to claim our identity as children of God and God's universal love as our own. Amen.
God's best defense saving from will. Angels of heaven, right from me always, all that would harm me, stand by me still. Oh. 